0: Even With that defense being great, at some point they're gonna get in the shootout. He's a great coordinator, not a great head coach. I think there's one thing we're all saying for a fact. Hello, everyone, welcome back to the goal line podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Seifer, also known as No know Huddle NFL, on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube, where I recently uploaded a film analysis on the Bills' dominance performance against the dallas cowboys now for those of you that want to check out my twitter that is at no huddle NFL, no capitals and no spaces with an underscore at the end i highly recommend checking that out that's where i post something about these episodes or those youtube videos going up whenever i do post them really recommend checking that out all those platforms are no huddle NFL, no capitals and no spaces I'm here today, by myself, to talk to you guys about the Week 16 games, because I'm going to predict each of one, each of them. Yes, I don't have a coin with me to flip with each of the games, they didn't do well enough last week, uh, so we're not going to do that 50-50 with each choice, because last week they only got 8 of the games correct, if I remember correctly, so... Not a horrible performance by the coin, honestly. But it's exactly what you would expect. 50-50. They got half the games right. Still, though, I I might bring that back if there's another week filled with upsets. But this one wasn't quite that. Let's just go straight on to the Saints-Rams game. Just jump right into it. It's in LA. And, you know, it's a Thursday night game. The Rams should win this one. They really should, and I'm not going to pick the Saints in an upset here. I'd be very surprised if the Saints get an upset, but it isn't impossible because Stafford can turn the ball over. We know that. He makes some idiotic decisions now and then, even though he is a veteran, and that's part of the reason that offense is so explosive because a lot of the time it works out, but sometimes it doesn't, and when it doesn't, the opposing team normally wins, and that could be against anyone, but I'm still... Not going to bank on that. I'm picking the Rams here. It's in LA, and they're just by far the better team. The Saints really aren't anything special, while the Rams have looked remarkable, despite them being a team that not many people are really hyping up going into the year. So I'm taking the Rams there with these. Now, Bengals at Steelers in Pittsburgh. The Steelers are bound to win a couple more games sometime soon. They are. They always get a winning record. Right now, they are two wins away from a winning record, or a win and a tie to not have a losing record, technically. Under Tomlin, that, that's really the thing they pride themselves on. That's their Super Bowl. Their Super Bowl is a winning season. They strive for that every year, and by that metric, they got the Lombardi every year under Tomlin. So I really think the Steelers are going to win a couple more games sometime soon. The question is when. Personally, I don't think this game is going to be one of them. Even though they're playing against a backup quarterback, I just don't think it's a great matchup for them. Although I can see it. I, I definitely can. There definitely is a matchup specifically on the line of scrimmage that they can abuse. But I feel like the Bengals really scheme their offense around minimizing the impact that the line of scrimmage, at least when they have the ball, has on the game. The Steelers' pass rush should be able to do damage here. It it really should. The pass rush should be able to get pressure. That is if Jake Browning doesn't get the ball out quick. The problem is Jake Browning has been getting the ball out ridiculously quick, time after time after time. So, even though Cincinnati's offensive line is mismatched by this Steelers' defense, I gotta take Jake Browning and the boys here. I I really do. I'm sorry. I, I, I can't. I can't pick the Steelers here. I just don't think it's a great matchup for them because if a team can get the ball out quick and force the Steelers' DBs to make plays, I don't have confidence in them. I really don't. That being said, it is hard to run that style of offense when your star receiver, Jamar Chase, isn't playing. So if Jamar Chase doesn't play, which apparently seems like it's the likely possibility, I'll pick Pittsburgh here. I will. That being said, if Jamar Chase does play, I really do think just the attention he's going to force Pittsburgh to put on him is going to allow T. Higgins to have a great day and lead them to victory. Because that Steelers offense isn't going to do much. The defense needs to be the thing that wins them the game. And they can do that if it's only T. Higgins they have to worry about. But if it's T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, I don't know. I don't feel too comfortable about picking Pittsburgh then. So. That's what I'm going to give you guys. If Jamar Chase plays, I'm picking the Bengals. If Jamar Chase doesn't play, I'm picking Pittsburgh. Now, Bill's at Chargers. Chargers had a long week to prepare under interim head coach Giff Smith. And interim coaches do tend to win their first game most of the time. But Buffalo is really hot right now. And the formula for success that worked last week that involved 47 rushing attempts should work really well again this week against a pretty piss-poor Chargers run defense. I'm picking Buffalo, even though normally I am the type of person to pick the interim head coaches in their first game just because of that trend. But this just seems like too much of a mismatch from a what this team is good at compared to what this team is bad at. It seems like too much of a mismatch there. And, Buffalo is trying to build that identity of a run-heavy football team. I said Mm -hmm. earlier, I did a film analysis on that game against Dallas. That's what they were trying to do all game long. Set the tone. Run the ball. Power. Osiris Torrance pulling. Spencer Brown. Deion Dawkins pulling across the formation. Just bring the fight to the opposing linebackers and D-linemen. That's what they were doing all game long, and it worked. And it's going to work again against the Chargers. Because the Chargers' run defense, like I said earlier, just hasn't been good. It really hasn't. Now, Staley being gone might cause a change there. But I can't imagine it being a huge one. Because besides Khalil Mack, who do they really have that I'm worried about if I'm trying to run the ball? I mean, Eric Kendricks really isn't anything anymore. He's kind of a non-factor at this point. He's a good tackler in open space. But that's really about it. He kind of just gets bullied if you engage a lineman with him at this point now and Kenneth Murray we know he's been a non-factor and like I said beyond Khalil Mack I don't like anyone on that D-line really Joey Bosa when he's healthy could have an impact but he isn't so I don't care for this game specifically I I take Buffalo here and I think they're gonna win big I, I really do now Browns at Texans It is crazy that the Case Keenum led Texans are playing against the Joe Flacco led Browns in a game that could mean a detrimental amount to both teams as they fight for a playoff spot. That is insane. Insane to think about. It's 2023, week 15 of 2023. So this isn't just a fluke. This is week 15. It's crazy that's coming down to that. And the crazy thing is both of these quarterbacks have won a game this year as the starter on their team. Both of these quarterbacks haven't played too bad this year. It's crazy. It is crazy to think about that. Both teams are banged up. But at least Cleveland has some of their stars. The Texans really just have Stingley and then maybe a banged up Nico Collins and maybe a banged up Will Anderson. Miles Garrett and the Browns defense should get the job done here. Even if Nico Collins is healthy, plays, I don't know if he is fully healthy, but let's say he is. That Browns secondary is nothing to scoff at. Miles Garrett is going to get pressure constantly. I don't know if I trust Case Keenum to operate under that type of pressure against this type of defense with the weapons that are at his disposal. I I don't know if I trust that. I really don't. I like what Slowick's doing. Maybe he could scheme something up to make this work, but I think the Browns are going to win just because that defense is really going to be an elite unit against mediocrity at best. I mean, yeah, the Texans are doing a lot of things right, but without CJ Stroud, it's a, It's an offense without an identity. They can get the job done, but not against a team like the Browns. With such a good defense, I can't see it happening. Not with Case Keenum taking snaps. Now, Lions at Vikings. NFC North matchup. The Lions' defense looked good last week, and I'm aware dealing with Justin Jefferson is no easy task, but I'm feeling optimistic here. I I really am. The Lions are locked into the playoffs if they win this game. And I believe we all know how important that is to the organization of Detroit and the Lions. They're going to pull out all the stops here. I'm picking Detroit here. I feel really comfortable about it. The Vikings, their quarterback situation, it's, it's a doozy. Even with Jefferson and Jordan Addison catching passes, TJ Hawkinson catching passes, I really don't love it. Hawkinson could have a big day because the linebackers on Detroit aren't too good in coverage. But still, I see Detroit just attacking the Vikings in so many different ways. Maybe you rattle Jared Goff a little bit with the really, really schematically advanced Brian Flores defense. You know, you rattle him up, and then he throws a pick or two. I could see that happening. But even then, I saw this Detroit defense last week. It looked a lot better against Denver. It really did. And because of that, I feel comfortable with them being able to win a game against a team like the Vikings that aren't too great offensively, mainly because of the quarterback position. But still, the point is they're not overly great offensively. I think they could win in spite of Jared Goff if they need to against a team like this. I I really do because now with the healthy secondary, it's a new defense. It really is. I'm not saying they're the greatest defense in sliced bread, but they're good enough. CJ Gardner johnson is a very good corner. Cam Sutton, him being back, big for them. Both those two had really big weeks, were key to Detroit having their best game on the defensive side of the ball in a very long time. I trust them to win this game, and I trust them to win it pretty handily. I I know Kevin O'Connell does a good job keeping the Vikings in games, no matter what the situation is, and Justin Jefferson is going to have his big plays, but I think the Lions are just going to be nonstop Now, if Flores has an absolute masterclass of a game, okay, sure, the Vikings can win it, but I don't know, this is a really tough Detroit offense to deal with, and they don't have the personnel to deal with it. It's going to have to be all X's and O's, because me and you both know the players aren't really going to match up well against this Detroit offense. Now, Packers at Panthers, the Panthers won last week, and that's great, but... Green Bay wants to right in their ship, okay? And this is an obvious opportunity to do so. It's just that simple. Like I said, it it is great that the Panthers won. Don't get me wrong. But the Packers, you know, they lost against the Giants. And then all of a sudden, everything kind of fell apart. They want to put it back together. They want to make this playoff push. This game is really big. For them. If they lose this game, the season's over. The season is simply over if they lose this game. But I don't think that's what's going to happen. I really don't. The Panthers defense caused a little bit of problems last week. I don't think Green Bay, I don't think Matt LaFleur specifically, is going to let that happen. I think Matt LaFleur is going to pull out some crazy stuff. You know, scheme Jaden Reed the ball in space, right? Jordan Love is going to make some ridiculous throws like he always does. The receivers are going to make the plays they need to. The defense hopefully holds up a little bit better than they did against the Buccaneers last week. I know that that defense hasn't really shown us much, but neither has the Panthers offense in all fairness. So maybe that's a fair matchup there. And then I trust the Packers to win the Packers offense versus Panthers defense matchup. So that's how I have this game playing out. I think the Panthers might be able to make a little bit closer than we expect, but... Just the importance of this game for Green Bay. They know it. We know it. Everyone knows it. They want to win. They want to win badly. They're not going to fall into this trap game. But now let's talk about the team that lost to the Panthers last week. Because their head coach is currently on a hot seat, okay? It went from reports coming out about him being in a comfortable spot and him definitely being the head coach next year to... Yeah, we'll see at the end of the season. Arthur Smith's job is on the line in this game against the Colts. The good thing is they're at home. And I think the fact that that Arthur Smith's job is on the line is what inspired him to start Taylor Heineke in this game. And I also think that's the right move. I'm surprised we haven't seen Heineke start more games. Because I look at this arsenal of weapons that Atlanta has. And... I see a great 50-50 ball receiver in Drake London. I see another big body possession receiver in Kyle Pitts. And then, I also see a phenomenal running back in B. John Robinson. Even if B. John Robinson still doesn't get the ball. Drake London and Kyle Pitts as the big body receivers they are I think Taylor Heineke is going to be willing to give them the shots that they desire I feel like even if Drake London is covered Heineke is still going to chuck it because he knows hey what am I going to do lose the starting job (laughs) he knows exactly what allowed him to be the talk of the town when he was in Washington It was because he made some, you know, gutsy plays. And I think that ability to just throw caution to the wind is exactly what a team like Atlanta needs. Because London is going to make plays without much separation, because Kyle Pitts is capable of making plays without much separation, that's why you got to have someone like Heineke that doesn't have to see a receiver open in order to throw it. Ritter, he won't throw on the 50-50 ball like that. Heineke will. I think that's a very good thing, considering the skill set of all these weapons that Atlanta has. And they do have a lot of weapons. I expect the Falcons to win this game. I know the Colts have the, you know, they've been proven a lot more. They've been winning games against better teams. But just the importance of this game for Atlanta, Arthur Smith's job is out, on the line. He wants to throw some things out there that we haven't seen from him. Maybe he's going to be willing to give B. John Robinson the ball more because of how poorly it's worked giving the ball to Algier and these other guys, Jonu Smith. Maybe he's going to become more reliant on his stars. And again, I think Heineke playing in this game is huge. It's huge. Although, I just want to say this. A quarterback battle between a team fighting for a playoff spot in the Colts With Gardner Minshew and another team fighting for a playoff spot in the Falcons with Taylor Heineke. Really, really fun battle. I'm super excited to see this one play out. I'm taking Atlanta because of how dire of a time it is for everyone on this team, really. Now, let's talk about the Seahawks game in Tennessee against the Titans. I wanted to take Tennessee here, but the reports about Levis's injury... Even if you play through it, I think it's detrimental to their team and the likelihood of them winning this game. I can see Seattle allowing a big player to, even with Tannehill in this game. Which, by the way, it is Tannehill starting, if Levis doesn't, not Malik Willis. But I can still see them allowing a big player to, just because Seattle's defense really hasn't been good. But... I think a consistent offense is going to overtake the inconsistent one here. Seattle's offense, you know, they've started to put it together. Geno Smith's coming back for this game, by the way. They've started to put it together a little bit more. They know their identity a little bit more. They're going to feed Kenneth Gainwell and then throw it to DK Metcalf. That's what it is. It's a give the ball to your stars type of offense. And I think that's fine because Geno Smith is a distributor. The fact that this offense has the ability to march down the field in pretty much any way. It impresses me. It does. Tennessee, I could see them getting a big play or two. Don't get me wrong. But it's a big play reliant offense. It is. I don't know if they could march down the field with run play, run play, pass play, run play, run play, pass play. Like, I I don't know if I feel that way about them. They don't slowly move up the field they just get a big play and then they're ready to score and seattle could allow that at least when jamal adams was on the field but now we got julian love who looks like a dog for them and like i said Tannehill playing i don't know i don't feel like he's going to be able to make those big plays happen like levis did even if levis plays though he's playing through injury it's a tough game to say there's going to be an upset here. So I'm taking Seattle. If Levis was healthy, I would pick the upset though. Because Seattle is a flawed football team. Seattle will allow the big plays. If Will Levis is really healthy. And that will allow Tennessee to keep up and eventually win the game. With a team that we know isn't making the playoffs, but they want to win. Vrabel. Make sure that everyone on the team wants to win. Even at a point in the season where it seems pointless. Okay. So, I'm picking the Seahawks. Even if Will Levis plays. But, definitely put on an offset watch. Definitely do. Now, Commanders at Jets. I'm taking the Commanders here. Whether Wilson plays or not. I'm taking the Commanders. I... I, I'm sorry, but the Jets' offense remains incompetent. Even if Wilson plays, I have no confidence in what they're going to be able to do on the offensive side of the ball. Wilson can be an X-factor at times, but it doesn't happen frequently enough for me to bank on it. He has had his good games, but he's also had some piss-poor games, and that's the majority of the time he strots out there. Wilson is dealing with an injury yet again, another quarterback injury. Look at that. So... It, it is tough for me to pick the Jets because there's also the chance that Tim Boyle plays. There is. Like I said, I, I don't feel comfortable even with a healthy Zach Wilson, but if Tim Boyle's out there, that's even worse. The commander's defense, it, it is not a good unit, but that Jets offensive line is bad. It is bad even without two edge rushers, two legitimate edge rushers, that interior two of Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen, they're going to get in the quarterback space, they're going to sack him, they're going to bring him down, they're going to make sure that run game doesn't work, and the Jets are just going to be punting time after time after time, drive after drive after drive. And yes, Howell doesn't look that good, but I trust him more to score than I do Wilson. Even against that tough defense. I'm sorry. That's just how it is. And we might see Brissette again here. Howell is supposed to start this game. But if Brissette comes in, okay, that's all fine. That's all fine and dandy. All we need is a... If they could get 13 points, Washington, they're going to win this game. That's how I feel. Even against a weak Washington defense, the Jets are not going to put up more than 13. And you... If you're a Jets fan, you should feel really concerned with the amount of confidence I'm saying that with. Because this Washington defense is bad, but the Jets' offense is so much worse. So, I'm taking Washington. I am. Now, this is a really, really good game. Jaguars at Buccaneers. The Jags' defense seems to have gotten their stuff together last week. But I'm not too sure that they actually did get their stuff together because there's no reason for that defense to have just started playing better. There there really is no reason. It's not like someone came back from injury or something. They just started playing better for no reason whatsoever. And I hope it's maintainable, but I have no reason to believe it isn't just a flash in the pan. So unless they have another good performance this upcoming week, I'm not going to believe that that's the situation. I'm going to expect this Jaguars defense to maybe be a little bit better than it was before last week but still not too good the Jags tied for the fourth most giveaways with 24 in the NFL and the Buccaneers are tied for the second least this game is probably going to be a shootout and in a shootout the team that turns the ball over less is probably going to win And it is far more likely that the Buccaneers win the turnover battle than it is for the Jaguars to win the turnover battle. So as a result, I'm taking the Buccaneers here. Baker Mayfield's playing really good football. Trevor Lawrence, frankly, isn't. He's still a very good quarterback, but he's having a little bit of a rough patch right now. I'm taking the Buccaneers here. I feel... Decently confident about it, or at least as confident as you can feel about a game between two teams that are so evenly matched. Now, let's move over to a game between two teams that a lot of people went into the season expecting to not be very good, and they haven't been anything too special, but they've been fighting hard, they've been playing teams tight. The Bears, especially, have been winning games. The Cardinals are playing against the Bears in Chicago. Should be a good game. Like, I'm expecting a good game here. Although I also expect the Bears to take it. It's in Chicago, which obviously helps them. Should be a close game. But the secondary for the Bears is a great unit. And that should limit the damage Arizona can do. I don't love that running game. And Kyler Murray's great. I don't know how many plays he can make against a secondary that's been playing as well as this Bears secondary. Now... Kyler is always going to make his place. He's a great quarterback, but I don't know if he'll be able to make enough for them to win this game. I really think the play of that secondary is the difference. You look at some of the matchups. I mean, the Bears secondary with Tyreek Stevenson, Jalen Johnson is playing great football. They all are going to lock up the opposing receiver the majority of the time and then you might be asking hey trey mcbride's a really good tight end what about him well the bears linebackers have been good in coverage this year trey mcbride is still going to do his fair share of damage but not an absurd amount not enough for them to win this game fields i still don't love but he makes plays and i think the few plays he makes are gonna be enough for them to win this game i really do so i'm taking chicago in a game i expect to be very close a very fun game but Chicago should come out on top at home. Now, this is a game a lot of people are really hyping up, and I personally don't see it. The Cowboys are playing against the Dolphins in Miami, and a lot of people expect this game to be a close one, a very good one. Uh, I'm sorry to break it to you, but Miami has consistently poop their pants against these high-caliber teams. When they're playing against a team like the Cowboys that are the class of their conference, yeah, they they get embarrassed. They they get embarrassed every single time. Miami doesn't play well against other good opponents. Some may think Miami's going to abuse, expose that weak Dallas run defense that was on display for the entire game last week but they can't be ran all over like that unless you have a strong power run game. The Dolphins, they're more of a zone team. That's what they are. They want to run more outside zone. They're not going to be pulling the tackles. You don't see Teron Armstead pulling. You don't see Austin Jackson pulling. It it doesn't happen. And it's that exactly that makes me say, like, okay, yeah, they're going to do damage running the ball. Not enough for them to win this game. Not enough. And, yeah, you know, Tyreek Hill, he normally makes plays, but what about when is crumbling because he's playing against a team with Micah Parsons? You know, Tua under pressure, I don't love. I don't know if he's going to have the time to throw that deep ball to Tyreek Hill. I don't know if he's going to be able to operate in the pocket like he usually does when Micah Parsons is doing the stuff that he's been doing all year long. The Dolphins aren't going to win this game. They are going to be embarrassed. I'm telling you that right now. Yes, Dallas's offense is predictable. Yes, I'm aware. But I don't expect the Dolphins to do much on the offensive side of the ball in this game. Even though, like I said, the Cowboys' defense wasn't good last week, I expect the Cowboys' defense to bounce back this week against a Dolphins team that can't exploit the weaknesses that we saw against Buffalo, even though a lot of people might make it seem that way. Now, I'm just going to really quickly go over this next game. Patriots at Broncos. Broncos, come on now. Yeah, the Broncos lost last week. They lost big. I don't care. The Patriots, they're not good. The Chiefs played a very bad football game, yet the Patriots still lost, and they lost pretty handily handily i mean it was closer than the scoreboard makes it look but still considering all the things that the chiefs just gave them and the patriots inability to take advantage yeah i don't think they're going to be the team like denver that's fighting for a playoff spot that has been playing well until that game against detroit i think they're going to run the ship here i think it was one bad week they're going to bounce back raiders at chiefs Now, I just mentioned the Chiefs and how they didn't play a good football game last week, and I'm going to double down on that while taking the Raiders here in a huge upset, I know. Vegas, I'm not going to, I'm not trying to overreact to them blowing out that Chargers team last week. I'm really not. But that did say a lot about the culture that Antonio Pierce has put in place. They're going to fight. They want to win every single game. The Chiefs are a division rival that has kind of been abusing them, Ever since Mahomes got drafted, now it's the Raiders' turn to strike back. The Chiefs are at an all-time low. Raiders go out there, hammer them, beat them up, punch them in the mouth, kill them. That's what the Vegas Raiders are going to try and do in this game. I'm excited to see it. I really am. I'm not expecting a massacre. I'm not expecting another game where the Raiders' offense is on a historic pace. But I am expecting a win here. The Chiefs defense does play good football, but that offense has been playing quite bad. And the Raiders defense is the textbook definition of greater than the sum of its parts. Because you look at the individuals, yeah, you got Max Crosby. And then, who else, right? Robert Spillane, he's having a really good year. Then Marcus Epps makes his fair share of plays. Even Nate Hobbs has been having a pretty good season. These are guys that no one really expected to have a great year, but here they are, they're doing damage. And they're doing damage week in and week out. They're going to continue to do damage against a Chiefs team that really hasn't been playing its best football. It really hasn't, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Again, I am worried about the Chiefs defense and what they could do, but I have faith in guys like Devontae, like Josh Jacobs, assuming he's back, to make the plays that they need to. I'm expecting a low-scoring affair where the Raiders come out on top in this game against a... Chiefs team that is currently at the lowest they've been since drafting Mahomes. Giants at Eagles. This is another game where a lot of people would say an upset, but I'm not going to. Philly may look weak at the moment, but the Giants do too. I am expecting it to be a little bit close, but the talent gap is too massive here. I know people are picking the upset, not in Philly. Maybe... The game in the last week of the season, where it's in New York, I could see an upset. Not in Philly. It isn't going to happen. I'm sorry. Tommy DeVito on the road, I don't love. We saw how that worked last week in a loud stadium. Tommy DeVito didn't play a great football game. The Giants didn't play a great football game. I'm expecting it to be a very similar product on the field here. Now, last game of the week, Ravens at 49ers. The Ravens are really, really good, but they have flaws. Flaws that can absolutely be exploited by San Fran. The Ravens' O-line is banged up, and it has been making Lamar's job much more difficult. That's why they didn't put up a nuclear amount of points against that Jaguars defense. That's why. Because Lamar was constantly under pressure. And yeah, he's Lamar Jackson, so he was able to extend plays, make what should have been a three-second play that ends in a sack into an eight-second play that ends in a completion to Isaiah Likely between two defenders, just insane stuff. And he ha- he makes that stuff happen constantly. I don't know if he can make that happen while being chased by Nick Bosa, by Chase Young. I really don't think so. He might be able to break tackles when Trayvon Walker is trying to bring him down. He's not going to break tackles when those two absolute bulldogs are coming after them all game. I, I just can't see it happening. Lamar's going to make his plays. I don't know if he's going to make them enough to beat a tough San Fran defense And the difference between this game and all the other games that the Ravens have had all year long is the Ravens' defense isn't going to completely shut down the opposing offense. San Fran's offense is the best in the league. The Ravens' defense is the best in the league. It's best versus best. It's going to equal two teams performing worse than usual, but still pretty all right. 49ers, I'm expecting to put up a solid, like, 21 points. Ravens, I don't think they're going to be able to do that Just because of the weaknesses on the offensive line, because of the injuries on the offensive line, I think the 49ers are really going to take advantage and end up winning the game as a result. So, yeah, I had the 49ers' win streak continuing here. Thank all of you for listening. If you enjoyed, check out more of my content at NoHuddleNFL on TikTok and Instagram. That is NoHuddleNFL with no capitals and no spaces. Also, check it out on YouTube. Same name, NoHuddleNFL. And then I also have a Twitter at no huddle no capitals in no spaces with an underscore at the end. I hope all of you enjoyed and I'll see you all again on Tuesday.